Welcome to Jewish Women Talk About Midlife. Hi, I'm Devara Kresniansky, and I've been coaching women for a long time in all areas of life, including women in midlife. Midlife is an exciting time, but it's also confusing, and so I invite experts to join me here as we unpack this crazy and interesting time of our lives. You can join our conversations on our Facebook group, Jewish Women Talk About Midlife, and on our website, Jewish Midlife. Welcome to this new episode, where I had the pleasure of speaking with Liat Burko, a relationship and intimacy coach. We explore the profound impact of intentionality and self-love on our relationship with others, be it our spouse, family, colleagues, or friends. Liat shared how specific movements, conscious awareness, and connecting with our spirit can remove the blockages that prevent us from living our best lives. Through intentional work, we can change our frequency, which in turn influences those around us. By embracing self-love and acceptance, taking responsibility for our lives and shifting our energy and frequency, we can transform our surroundings. Discover how living with intentionality and embracing moments of pleasure and lessons can create a powerful change in your life and relationships. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Liat. I'm so excited about this topic. When we met a while ago and we were talking about what you do and how you help people, and we had such a great conversation. I felt it was important to bring it to other women. So I'm so grateful that we're having this conversation on the podcast. So as we get started, can you talk a little bit about who you are, the work that you do, and self-love and intimacy consciousness? What are we talking about? Okay, so hi, Devora, and thank you so much for having me. I'm a intimacy and relationship coach. And what I do in the work when I'm coaching people, individuals and couples as well, I'm really helping them to reconnect to self in a way that they can stop for a second, observe and self-analyze themselves in taking responsibility and growing the self-love from within that it will actually radiate from within outside and actually affect all their relationship with their partners, with their children, at work, or wherever we choose, or wherever we are, whatever is our entourage, and we choose to, to deliver ourselves into this world. So it's really the energy that we hold into ourself and how is it presented outside the world. So if someone is super shameful or introvert, so his relationship are gonna be affected this way. But if someone is much more open and at ease and is more self-compassion within himself, it will also appear this way in this world. But to get there between, there's a big gap. And to get there, it requires a lot of work. So I really teach tools and key factors that really get you to, to get closer. And the way I teach it is from, it, it involves a lot of elements and we touch on not only conversations, but we also do it through body, mind, and soul. Okay. So it's a, it's a physical work. It's a, it's a psychological work and it's a spiritual work. So I loved our conversation. So we were talking about how it all starts from with ourselves. If we want to make a change in our relationship, whether, like you said, whether it's a family relationship or even a work relationship, we have to first look to ourselves. What can we do differently? What kind of work can we work on ourselves? So let's talk about that. So I, I'm a big believer that your, um, 
your external world is a reflection of your inner world. So the way things are appearing to you outside is a, just a reflection of what's going on in your inner world. So if we actually get to be in a better position within ourselves, and we are more calm and loving, then the way we're going to appear is also going to be as such. But the more we are, and today in society, it's so stressful. It's most of the people are not present. We don't know how to really be present. We're always achieving the next goal or wanting to make the next phone call or um, we, we don't really get the moment to 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 see heart to heart. And when I say see heart to heart, I mean seeing with your third eye into a consciousness level that you're really able to be present in a way that you're not rushing things over, but you're present. You really, your whole being is affecting the way you are presenting yourself in front of the other person. I actually have a question on what you just said. What I'm hearing is that it's a lot about ourselves or myself what i can do differently and how i am feeling within myself as how i present to the world right because we tend to also uh, you know um always blame other people and he's not like that and she's not doing this and he's driving me crazy and i'm saying that when we point two fingers outside we have three coming in and the thing is really how much responsibility am i willing to take within my realm of being in order to solve my inner my inner uh uh blockages i definitely so, want to talk about blockages i right. love that part of our conversation before i'm just curious if someone's having a challenge within a relationship is it always something that i can do of course there's something that i can do but sometimes sometimes really the other person is really not being present in the relationship or is not capable of a relationship. I just want to put that disclaimer out that it's not, I mean, we can always do what we can for ourselves in the situation, but sometimes by changing ourselves, we aren't really going to be changing everything. Right. And that's why it's a lot of self-love and self-acceptance because once we are able to accept ourselves, we're also able to accept the other person without wanting to change him but just loving and accepting him the way he is. And I also believe that when you make the change within yourself, your realm and your energy is uh, the frequency that you're uh, getting out of your system can actually affect other people around you. So sometimes it takes one person to make the change in order to affect the other person. Of course, there is always a hishtadlut, right? And and you cannot control the other person's hishtadlut. Um, uh, but I believe as a woman, because we are isha in Hebrew, isha, it's like we have the hay of Elohim inside the, the word of our being, the essence of our being. We are so much connected to Hashem, to above, that the power of the prayer actually can help us make the change not only for ourselves but for other people as well 
Uh, so you said a lot. One thing I heard is that the energy that or the frequency that we bring into the space in the relationship, if we change it, it will change the relationship and, and even maybe change the other person just by the frequencies and never mind by them actually changing. Is that what we're talking about? Just change the frequency and it changes the dynamics of everything? Well, it's not just change. Well, of course. Not. That's it. It, it isn't it's, really a dial. Right. It's not like a, a click of the finger and it's changing. It requires a lot of effort, a lot of work, a lot of self-realizations, a lot of consciousness, a lot of observing. And once a person is elevating and expanding into the work, he's able to actually surpass so many challenges that are that is allowing us to really be above the ego state. So when you are able to do that, you actually it's like taking your head and putting it above the sky so you can see everything from above. So when you're able to do that, all the rest seems so like minuscule that it doesn't affect you the same way. So that's that's why the when you are responsible of changing yourself and your state of mind is changing, it's affecting other people if they want or they don't want because you're changing. And by you changing, energy is changing and it's affecting them. It's it's like a domino effect. It's and it's contagious. I believe it's contagious because I know personally as a mother, when I'm consciousness, when I'm consciously coming and approaching my kids and I'm telling them in a certain way, with a certain tone, with a, a, a softer voice and with a real intention of what my expectation is, right? So I know that they're going to be much more listening to me. Then when I come and I just very short and aggressive and yelling and screaming and demanding and all that, this is already blocking them, right? So they, it's blocked their heart, it blocks their ears and it blocks their mouth. So it's the same with our partners. So it's all a matter of approaching intention and consciousness, really. So again, if we change one side of the system, then it all almost automatically changes the other side of the system. So if we're talking with anxiety, then the other person picks up the anxiety and responds from a place of, to your anxiety or from a place of anxiety. So it's something that we should work on. Say that again? If we're working from a place of anxiety, the other person picks up the, whether it's frequency Definitely. or the, just the language, the whole tone Def changes. Definitely. If we can work from less anxiety or from more love then it impacts the other person. Right. So that's what I'm saying. When it's person, when a person is anxious, he doesn't have to say anything because his energy is already there in such, such way. Right. So when I'm responsible of changing my energy, the energy is shifting in the room for my entourage again. Okay. So how do we do that? So what is something that we can say in the next few minutes about, cause I know it's a, it's a lot. Yes. A lot of aspects, but what is something that we can look up? Well, something. Um, we can touch, you know, first of all, it's really being aware of our blockages, okay? Because when we are uh, conscious that we are living this life on an automat and we are just um, 
reacting to our reality, but we're not creating our reality, right? Then it's more of, uh, it's a very low level to act from. But when I'm elevating and I'm conscious every time that something is coming my way, when I'm conscious, it's like touching on 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 and getting my ashgacha, my my uh, the souls that are watching over me, for the to the rescue. So if I'm conscious and I'm asking for help, right from above, then I know that I have extra energy, extra power to help me go through that. So it's really a form of believing and a form of. Um, where my intentions are going in the present moment and not really uh, reacting from an ego state or from an animal um, state that is just like louching at the world, but more pausing and creating and with intention every moment of the day. So there's a difference between waking up in the morning, taking my phone, and, and going to the bathroom and just starting my day at work and answering in between all my emails rather than waking up an hour before with a prayer or meditation or my coffee and my book and my fila and you know and really putting intention or a little movement that helped me or you know to to really connect to myself and when I'm connecting to myself in that way because I'm really um taking advantage of a prime moment because the, the beginning of the day is a prime moment. It's like the beginning of the month is always a prime moment to set up the energy, right? So same, same way in the morning. And when I'm aware of that and I'm consciously making my effort to, to look at myself in the mirror and I appreciate and to do my modeani every morning and, and but also meeting myself first, before I go into my automatic mode, then it changed the whole energy of the day. Okay, so the intentionality we're talking about, and I think what you stress so much about intentionality in the morning, start your day, it's not only that it's the morning, uh, but it's start your day from a place of intentionality. And what I'm also hearing when you said about the coffee and the book is like, find time for yourself don't just right. rush into the day that's exactly. such an important piece it's like the let the morning be for you i know sometimes maybe when we were younger and we were taking care of the babies and and school and maybe some people still are but when and if you can fit time for yourself into your day i think what i'm hearing is that it's and i know from my own experience is that start with some time for yourself and ground yourself and be get yourself from a start your day from a place of intentionality and connection to above, connection to yourself. And I like the image of a coffee and a book in Miami. <laughs> but if you have a beach view, it's even, you know, ocean yeah. view, it's even better. But uh, yes, definitely. And this is the advantage we have uh, our midlife uh, years that we didn't have when we were younger. But wise are the women who actually were able to do that when they were younger, because I know some women who actually really took care of themselves, even though they had the baby, even though they were overwhelmed and they were working moms, 
but they, they I know I have a friend like that who really put herself first, not from a selfish place, but from a self care place. And what sort of what I'm hearing from you is that the way we, the more we care for ourselves, that we can be more intentional, and it impacts everyone around us. So it's not only self care; it's family care, it's relationship care, it's other care. Right, because you know, most of the time what happens is that we are mom as women, we are basically, we have so much on our shoulders, right? We carry, we are like a carried bite in Hebrew is um, the woman is actually a, a housewife, but a carrot, it, it holds in, inside of it, ikar, and ikar is the center. So the woman in the house is the center of the house. She's the liba, she's the heart of the family. And because she's taking care of so many, uh, you know, souls around her, she has to take care of herself because otherwise it's like driving on the fifth uh, course, but, you know, staying in neutral. So the more you actually put gas and, and fuel into yourself, then you're able to provide more to others. And that's, you know, that goes without saying. But um, as far as blockages, when we don't do this work, we really, you know, go on and on with life um, uh, workload in a way that can really uh, get us to a point that we're exhausted. And when we're exhausted, our energy is speaking by itself. And uh, it, it, we, we can feel that, you know, you can feel a woman that is feeling great with herself from within. And you can feel a woman that is trying to feel great and is faking it, you know, feeling great. And you can see her energy is dream is like drowned, right? You can see the difference when a, a woman is coming with full power or pretending to be full power. So the real check in reality is to not pretend anymore but really come from full power and that requires really retrieving as many blockages as we can and blockages are always um, connected to our energy center so that's why i'm talking energy and that's my work because the more we are conscious of our energy the more we can actually be conscious of our state and affected affected you know throughout the day as such as well so the main one the main blockage you'll be surprised is um is the first one and it's rooted in the root chakra which is the sexual uh center and um a lot of women these days are really blocked over there and uh as far as um sexual healing come into the picture it can really affect the whole energy centers throughout our body because we have them going up to our head. There are seven of them. So when we manage to affect the one at the root, we're able to elevate into the and energize the rest of the centers going up. And, and then really it's, it's regaining power, regaining energy into my self being or the way I am. Okay, so we talked about sexual blockages. So I'm guessing from those words that it actually impacts your sexual relationship. But is it, we're talking about other things also? Is Not, that, yes, definitely. So because let's, let's unpack it, that a little more. Well, it's located there, but it, it's also, 
you know, because it's the root chakra, whatever is basic, it's like a foundation. When you have a strong foundation, which is powerful and healed and, and open, then it affects the rest of the building to actually be built up with stronger uh, elements. Um, so it's not only, it's first of all, obviously it's affecting, it's affecting you sexually, but once you're able to remove that and be more open energetically and physically, obviously, it really help you heal the rest of your energy center. Okay. So how? That sounds very intriguing. How? Well, in two words, it's a lot of work, but, um, and I teach that in my workshops and in my online courses, but uh, to touch on how is, um, is really doing um, a collaboration of, um, of sense, sensory elements that include a certain way of moving our body and the way we move our body. When a dog tries to shake himself, right? right? So he's actually, um, he's holding some tensity that he's trying to, to remove. And it's the same thing with us. We are, when we move, we, you remember at the workshop that we had with uh, this Esther, beautiful lady, you see how the energy after we finished the dancing on the dancing floor, how all the women were open, they were able, they were, they had, they had like red colors in their cheeks and they were able now to really, you know, if I was coming in, then I was able to actually open them consciously because they were open in their bodies, right? So when you open your body by movement and moving in a certain way, it actually remove the blocked energy that is trapped within your body. So that's one. So a special movement and it's, it's also belly dancing is very recommended because it works on the root chakra. So the more you're actually able to, to really manage to do this movement, it helps you um, uh, release some tension there in that area. Another way is learning love consciousness on a daily basis because we can be investing so much time on other things but we we don't you know i i can see women going to the to the to the gym every day but they don't spend even one hour about expanding into consciousness so they can work on the level of physicality but their consciousness is not is blocked Okay, so consciousness is something that you learn, you study, you put the time and effort for it. So what does that look like? Like at least one aspect of it. Well, what, what, I, I, what I do is really, um, is how do I connect to my consciousness? I meditate okay. and I teach meditation as well, guided meditations. And I am able to uh, observe my life in a way that I'm uh, more awake and more aware of the um, of the signs, the meanings that are presented my way. So if, for example, something happened to me, right? 
uh, I don't know, I got a ticket, okay, from, uh, I just parked my car and I got a ticket. I'm not just getting upset about it, but I'm actually looking into why and what did I do? I'm taking the responsibility first and what what significance it's it's bringing into my uh my life right now or i don't know just uh i'm opening the door and i see 10 uh little uh butterflies and i'm like whoa like every day i'm, I'm opening my door and it never happened why today it's happening so i go online and i see like what's the spiritual meaning of butterflies and i connect to that essence to that you know i i, I actually read the signs around me and that's living a more conscious life in a way that life is not just happening and just you know uh by itself but it's much more meaningful so every little things that i that i'm actually watching or experiencing i'm always finding the meaning behind it and that's really that's the difference between um, reacting and being like uh, a robot of the life and making you know my to-do list and going through the day through my to-do list and achieving the next goal, or really putting my own um, observations and taking the time to observe what's happening here and what are the signs that are coming my way. So let's go with the butterflies. I could understand happy things or pretty things. It's easier to find the meaning or mm -hmm. but your ticket. What meaning yeah. did you make from that ticket? Well, we get a lot of tickets in our life. And the thing I'll tell you the truth is that we actually much the, the more we're ignoring the signs, the harder they're going to come and scream at us. Okay. Right? So uh, if I didn't get it through the butterflies, then I'm going to get a ticket. If I didn't understand the ticket, then something harsher is going to happen until I'm awaking into what I'm supposed to get here. What's the message? Because life, you know, is not just happening. It's happening for me. I myself have, have had to go through a lot of um, negative experiences in my life to become more and more conscious and even today when something negative is happening to me the way i'm responding to it because of the meaning i'm giving to it is is much more empowering me from from within you know because of the meaning than feeling myself as a victim of the circumstances because I know that I've, I'm being called, right? I'm being called. Something is here to test me and require me to, to act a certain way or to react a certain way. So you get the ticket, you come to the car and the ticket is there. So of course, taking responsibility because if you really did park in that way that you are deserving of a ticket, then part one is taking responsibility but what can I gain from it is, I guess, or what can I learn from it? Or what should I observe from it, from it rather than just taking responsibility? Okay. So for example, this time what happened to me is that I parked, I didn't know it was a wrong place. So my intention was not like uh, with full cover of, of, you know, parking in a wrong place. 
So what I'm doing is like I'm observing who did I come to meet? What the person that I met? What is this person wanting from me? Okay, that was actually a collaboration that I was invited to meet this person. And he wanted me to produce for him a whole workshop. And when I got the tickets, I understood that I have to be careful. You know, many, many it's, it's a wake up because, and that's the meaning that I made out of it. But eventually I didn't listen to my, to the signs. And what happened is that I went into that. And after I did the whole thing, I didn't continue to do it because I senses that I wasn't in my right place. And then I realized that I had the signs already telling me, eh, 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 don't go there. And I, and I did it. What? What I'm, then what I'm hearing then is that you make, you make your own meaning. So it's talking to you. There's no right thing that it's really telling you, but it's talking to what, for me, for you, the chicken may tell you, like, slow down and like, check this out. And for somebody else, it may mean good things take a, have a hard beginning. Different people may have different meanings to the same event. Right, but that's how you actually study yourself over time, you know? And the more time goes by, the more you really manage to see if your introspections of things are in a chdut, they're like one in unity with actually what's happening. Because people are very, they're master of lying to themselves. You know, we are sabotaging ourselves sometimes. We are so good at doing that. And, and uh, because the ego is driving us to do things that actually are not necessarily the right things for our soul. And to know to differ between the two requires a lot of practice. And mistakes as you practice. Sorry? And mistakes as you practice. And, and mistakes, a lot of mistakes. But they are all tests. And you keep going to get the same test over and over until you, you learn it. So the question is, when are you going to learn it? So you can give yourself so many ming, meaningful uh, explanations. But at the end, until you don't get it right, it's going to keep coming at you. So one is the movement. Two is being intentional, conscious. Is there anything else that you can do? To I think the third one is really uh, studying how to work with your energy and how to connect spiritually to your higher self. Because people, I know a lot of people that they can be very religious in a way, but they're not really spiritual. Right. And to know how to connect spiritual, spiritual, to your spirituality, it's an art right and um sometimes it's it's above repeating or doing certain things but it's really connecting to the essence of your soul and connecting to your higher self and the form of prayers or meditation are very powerful in that aspect in a way that when you tap on your higher self and it, it brings your consciousness to expand and elevate into the cosmic you know, library that brings you even downloads of, of information that, um, that you, you're so always new, but you just forgot about them and then you start remembering them. So the more you're connecting to self, the more you're remembering, the more you're in, you're in your good path 
and the the higher you vibrate and your energy is such as lighter and brighter that it's affecting your whole essence of being okay so the movement the intentionality and connecting to the spirit will help remove those blockages and specifically the sexual blockages i mean it makes sense in that when we're in a better place through movement intentionality and consciousness connecting to spirit we'll be in a better place and we're just more open right we're open to relationships and we're open to letting people have accepting that people are not 100 perfect the way we want them to be and we can just be in the moment of whatever is coming correct and it also you know it's not either or the low the gum the gum the gum it's you have to tap on all of these levels otherwise if you only do one of them you're not really gonna it's not gonna affect your 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 wholeness as such you can't just decide i'm just gonna move you actually have to do because that's like the it seems like the easiest of the three for some people some people don't like to move but the other ones are take some work it's all required work all of them requires work and you have to do it often well i would even say you have to do it daily <laughs> i mean every morning is every morning it's not only so, the morning that you want to be you know, unblocked is the morning that you'll have your coffee and your book it's like has to become part of your part of you part of your routine exactly and routine is 101 you know if we don't have if we don't implement that in our routine then we cannot expect having a, a bright life because having a bright life 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 is not easy <laughs> life is complicated as it is already right let's face it life is hard okay we all deal with challenges we all have our own complexity in life and especially with relationship but we're here to actually do our tikkun and the tikkun is first of all you know it's a personal tikkun tikkun ishi so the more i go into correcting myself rectifying myself from within then and i take responsibility on it and i implement it on my daily life the more i'm able to actually go and do my tikkun aklali because it's affecting other people the way i'm being is affecting other people okay wow okay so the way i'm being affects other people so it's my responsibility to do what I can to affect the people and hopefully everyone else is doing their parts. And so we're all affecting each other. In exactly. And that's how we create unity. Just by taking responsibility on ourselves. because looking at the other and, and being judgmental of the other is not going to get us anywhere. But taking that energy and putting it in myself and making sure that I'm rectifying myself first before I say a word about the other person, is actually a privilege to take care of my own tikkun. And there, then if each of us will do that, then we can reach unity because I can only reach unity with other people when I reach unity with myself. So it starts with routine, a morning routine. 101, routine. <laughs> the earlier you wake up in the morning, the more you implement into your daily and you take care of your prime moment, the elevate, you know, the more expanding, explosive is going to be your day. Right. Well, the other thing about doing it earlier is before other people are up or other people are contacting you. 
I mean, hopefully everyone's doing this individually in their own house, so they are awake. But there's a sort of an unwritten rule that don't call someone before eight o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. So just take care of yourself before. You don't have to check your phones. I mean, definitely don't have to make phone calls unless you have to, but then that's the anomaly. That's not the regular. So five o'clock, six o'clock, sunrise. That's the perfect time. And especially before sunrise, because, you know, in the Torah, it says Ashkem Komba Boker is like, it's a blessing because it's actually when it's the new beginning and when everything is awakened, before everything, everyone is awakened. That's the it's super spiritual moment. And when you touch on it, you can actually get a lot of blessings. So it's uh, super highly recommended. And it's not easy. I'll, I'll tell you frankly, for me, it's a challenge to wake up early in the morning, even though I am consciously knowing and teaching and studying all this stuff. It's still a challenge and I still debate it in my own life, but I at least I'm aware of it and I'm doing my hishtadlut. So even though it's not happening to, for me every day, right? I'm not like diminishing myself on the way of not, of not being capable to do it. I'm more, you know, um, self, um, compassionate to myself. And I know that tomorrow is another day and I can actually plug it in and do my ishtadlut and make sure it happens. So again, that's, we're describing the ideal. And when you do the ideal, you'll get better results. For sure. And you do sure. less ideal, it's still better than not doing anything. Exactly. The other thing that I love is that you can start at any point in the day. So you didn't get a great morning in, but you can start being conscious the minute you remember to be conscious. And you know what? You can even be, start being conscious at night before you close your eyes because putting yourself to sleep is also a big one. Because it's not only the prime moment, but also knowing how to close your day. Let's say you didn't wake up consciously, okay? And you went through your day as an automat. But at the end of the day, you're coming and you're analyzing what happened that day. And you take it as a teaching moment for yourself of reflecting of what, you, what happened and what I can do better tomorrow. So disconnecting from my phone an hour or two before I go to bed and not going to bed with my phone is a big one, okay, that most of us do today. Or soothing myself in a very relaxing, calming uh, environment with candles and nice music and soothing myself like we do for babies, okay? Same for ourselves. Why, why would you do that for babies but not to yourself? So really, you know, taking a hot shower and, and, and pampering yourself with a nice cream and really self-care in a way that you're connecting back to yourself and you're putting yourself in a place to or journaling, journaling. And so even if it didn't happen in the morning, you still have a chance to do it at night. But the thing is that you always have a chance because we can always, we're here to, to correct things, right? So, and even if we didn't do it today in the morning or at night, we can always do it tomorrow. So as long as we are conscious and we really want to apply it into our routine and wanting to do it in order to elevate and, and, and live a more passion life. 
Okay. So just when we talk a lot about energy, getting back to your energized energy and at the low frequency energy and just, and then, and some ways to do it. When we spoke last time, we spoke a little bit about a heart wisdom work and I would love to unpack that again. So, so the heart wisdom is really, um, when we, most of the day, we all know everything, right? Most of us know we're very educated. Uh, we experience it all already and, um, we are very logical, right? But at the end of the day, uh, we not, we are not always listening to our heart because we tend to behave a certain way to satisfy other people but inside of us we're really scringing and, and we're not like um we're not in a chdut. we're not in unity between what we feel and what we think so the heart wisdom is a method that will bring an individual to recognize a deep sense of self and position to 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 really come from a self-worth of unity and purpose and his value in this world between what he thinks and what he feels so the more you're in tune with these two right the more you're authentic and the more you're able to deliver yourself your message your essence in a much more uh, uh, centered valuable way and and reaching that require a lot of uh, cognitive awareness of recognizing blockages that are trapped into our um, into our field and um, the more you empower yourself into the work the more you do you regain power into yourself so basically the heart wisdom is not only to think or to feel but connect the two together and and move and direct your life into that movement does that also mean sometimes saying no or saying no more than we used to definitely because yes is an answer and no is also an answer well, something that i heard a while ago that i found fascinating is whenever we say yes or no we're also saying no or yes to something else like I'm saying yes to having this conversation with you now, which I'm very happy about, but I'm also saying no to doing anything else. Right. Saying yes to somebody else or people pleasing, we're saying no to ourselves. Well, it's a choice and everything in life is a choice. And as long as you say the yes and you feel in your, in your essence that you've, you complete, you are complete with that, and and you're present with that meeting okay and you know that it's meant to be and because there are always going to be thousands of possibilities out there but it's a matter of choosing and directing yourself into what you want not what you need because needing it's coming from a lower pace of energy but wanting and connecting to how want and what and our listening in, in a matter of, um, of uh, in a spiritual way, not wanting 
in the meaning of desiring, right? But wanting in the meaning of self-love, self-care, and making sure it is, then this is the way to go. So really keeping ourselves aligned with what we want from ourselves, not, not things that we want, like what, what, what is really aligned with what I want, what, who I am, and saying no to things that are not really aligned with who I am as often as possible. Sometimes, sometimes we have to do things that we don't want to, but, uh, but mostly we can say no to many more things than we are saying no to. Is that what we're saying? Also, and it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's really about setting boundaries, right? Because even if I really want something and I know it's not going to do any good to me, but I want it in my heart, right? I want it in my heart, but my logic tells me otherwise, that means I don't have unity, right? So the, the mastering the heart wisdom is actually reaching unity between my desire and my logic, my midot, in a way that my midot are so clear and so pure that I will feel it in my heart that this is the way I want to go and this is what I want to create for myself. Okay, and how do we do that? It's a lifetime so, of work, but how can we move along that lifetime of work? Well, again, you experience life. You have to get dirty in the mud. <laughs> and in order, you know, I experience I'm coming from a very dark uh, place myself in my past. And I'm Joseret Betshuva. And uh, I experienced life in a very, uh, let's say, if you, if you, if you know the, the book and the movie Fifty Shades of uh, Grey, I had it all. And today I really had to connect to light in order to experience Fifty Shades of Light and, uh, and get myself into, you know, in the contrast of, and the opposite of what it used to be. So I can now reflect and understand how to grow and expand and evolve into being a, an essence of light and, uh, and improving myself on a daily basis. Okay, so the idea is really being conscious. I think that's a, a running thread throughout the whole thing that we were talking about. If we really want to improve our intimacy and improve our even our self-love and our self-care is about being conscious. It's about I, being intentional. And I love to say my favorite word is intimacy. And the way I present it always when I open up a workshop or a course is into me, I see. Because the more I can see into myself, the more I can see higher and the more I can see into other people. So the more I'm connecting and I'm seeing with my third eye into myself, the more I can you know, connect higher to Hashem and to above and to my higher self. And, and, and that's the way to really evolve into this purity and this higher midot that I'm accepting on my, on my, in my life. And, and, and the way I'm vibrating them is attracting the right person to my life as well, because my entourage is changing. The more I evolve, the more my, the people around me change because I cannot tolerate the past relationship that I had before. If it was abusive relationship or whatever it was today, I'm such in a place that I cannot accept them anymore. 
until right. So mostly, I mean, our children is a little bit different. So we're not changing the people around us necessarily. We're hoping that our frequency is is helping the people transform, changes and transform, not become not a different person. Like what I'm saying is that we said that the people around us change. So are we saying the people are di there are different people, or the people become both, both because I'm changing because personally I'm changing, so I'm affecting the people around me. So my partner is changing, and my kids are changing because of me. And the more I'm changing, the more I observe the people surrounding me, my 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 friends, for example. The friends I have today are not the friends I used to have five years ago and 10 years ago. I change my cycles of uh, close friends because I myself elevated into a different world or consciousness. So that makes sense with friends, it's easier than with family. Right, but family also can change just by, you know, energetically or consciously um and i know it from also personally because i'm doing uh, a great work with my my kids and my ex-husband so the more i'm conscious the better my relationship are working and the less i am i can sometimes you know i wake up in the morning that is not with me <laughs> i'm not with myself and i see it's affecting my relationship as well I think that's what going back to being self-reflective where we started from is like you can actually track that. You can almost say, okay, I had, you know, if my day didn't go well, oh well, what was my morning like? Or what was what was I like to myself? Because we can yes. tolerate, I know for myself, I can tolerate so much more when I'm in a better place with myself. Right, but the thing I'm, is also to tolerate it and 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 being uh in a place of uh um self-awareness that I'm not going to feel any fear or rejection or disappointment or shame or whatever it is, but I'm going to be good to myself and vulnerable and accepting my mistakes in a way that it's okay. I've been like that. Now it's my time to understand that this is not the way to do it, but to improve it for the next time. And allow ourselves that space of, I made that mistake um it's okay and i even may even make another mistake in my life i mean i will of course but like i'm always learning from it and sometimes learning means falling backwards and doing it again before you can actually cement it as a new, as a better practice right but remembering always that the learning uh curve is between me and myself because it's again it's a self-work self-observation so we we sometimes even though the test is going to keep appearing, I have to be really careful of the way I'm responding to it. Because if I'm, I have to watch my, my thoughts and my words and the way I'm behaving and take responsibility on that. Because my thoughts create my reality. So the more I'm conscious, the more I'm aware and I'm, I'm observing, I'm seeing the test or the message that is appearing in front of me, the more I'm able to correct it in my mouth by sometimes even not talking Many or not speaking, not talking. yes, or not reacting or, uh, or just pausing for a second 
and just observing. But this is the hardest because we tend to always react to someone or something, you know, coming our way. But observing and pausing and just looking at it, it's the hardest and not being, you know, it's. You know what's even harder? Is the middle of a, of a negative reaction or a rea and then stopping to hold yourself get back. Yes. And apologizing. So I deserve that or I shouldn't have done that. Exactly. So instead of reaching that point that you need to apologize, uh, that's where I'm teaching how to get to the moment of pausing and freezing before you uh, you're gonna um, uh, regret what's gonna happen next. And the way to do it, and I give you a tip and you're and whoever is listening to us is really to remove yourself from the situation. So you can either go to a different room, you can either take a deep breath and connect to your neshima, your neshama, your soul, and really try to get, you know, calm down and get uh, answers from above and really being more present and not reacting or going into a, a cold shower <laughs> that always help yeah. <laughs> or going to the ocean you know removing yourself to the ocean and just healing because the healing part is and we have the ocean here in miami so close by but uh it's really being conscious about all these options that instead of lashing out someone right now i can hold myself and do one, two, three, four, five, you know? But knowing in advance what your preferred one, two, three, four, fives are, like for, I don't know, maybe someone doesn't like the ocean, so it's not an option for them. Of course, if they're not near the ocean. Well, we, we can always choose our own preferences. But knowing in advance what, what works for you, I think is, but I would I work with people, it's like, let's get that, let's work through that. What could be your go-to when you're in a stressful situation? Well, I, I, one is really uh, holding all my senses, observing them, really not connecting to them, but observing, trying to disconnect. This is the moment to disconnect because when I'm too much connected, I'm in my ego state. When I'm disconnecting, I'm able to actually go into more a, a, a spirituality elevating state. So when I'm when I'm this, what helped me disconnect is the neshima, the neshima, because the neshima is bringing me to my soul, to my neshama, right? Mm -hmm. So the the deep breathing really helps. You see, people sometimes, sometimes, sometimes when things, when you know you're going through challenges, you go, right? So when you experience something harsh, you just consciously in kavana, you you take a deep breath. And when you're able to disconnect, then you analyze it, you, you, you're understanding this is not you. And it's them. And you see that the other person is actually acting from his inner child place. Okay. And when you recognize that you have much more vulnerability toward the other person and you align yourself to actually understand that you also have that place that inner child place with within yourself so first of all it's to give yourself a hug comforting yourself with some good thoughts 
and not wanting to hurt not yourself and not the person in front of you. So it starts with a good a good deep breath. A good deep breath, a good deep thoughts. <laughs> and disconnecting yourself, like so by observing your five senses, it kind of trains our brain to be observing everything and not to take it in personally. Is that what we're just saying? Because when you start breathing, you're, it's affecting your whole uh, cells. The 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 uh, the trans the energy is transmitting a different. Um, uh, how do you say that? Um, when you you give a, uh, an order, right? Okay. So the cells are capturing, you know, a different tone, different uh, message. So when you take a deep breath. You bring oxygen into your whole body and you're able to be more at ease, but when you stress out right so it's affecting your your body as well and your all your organs are feeling it and it's 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 closing your heart. So your tune your the key really and why is it the heart wisdom, because when you're reacting from a closed heart versus an open heart that will take you into two different frequencies and two different responsiveness. So always ask yourself, what I'm feeling right now, is it open or closed? And then your body is your best metronome. You know what is a metronome in music? So that will be the best key for you to actually, uh, to get in tune with yourself with what you feelings and when you in tune with your feelings you're observing you 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 can catch on them and you can change them so like i notice that i'm having a feeling so or i notice i'm having a thought so you're separating yourself from the thought i'm not that i'm not angry i'm having a thought that i'm upset about that situation not that i am but i have a thought right so this is a lot of analysis while you're in a very uh, challenging moment. So the more you study, the more you exercise, the more you practice it, the more it's gonna become your second nature, but it requires work, but it's doable. Of course it's doable, people are doing it. And ideally we would do it all the time, but start with one time, two times, three times, and then maybe and the thing is that the the more you do it and the more your intention is to wake up into a good place and take on a good journey and really coming from a place of tikkun and wanting to love and be loved the more you're living an euphoric life that doesn't matter what happens whatever comes at you you're able to hold it and be resilient in front of your life in a way that you will be happy no matter what. And that's the key at the end of the day, joy, how to return to joy, how to return to happiness and power in a, in, and your center in every moment of your life, no matter what happens, because things are gonna happen. And uh, it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna, we're gonna be tested all the time, but really practicing it in a way that I'm, 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 I'm preparing myself for the moment of truth. And when that comes, 
I'm so well um, in my zone that I know how to react. I love that. Ending with the idea of getting ourselves to joy and being able to get ourselves to joy. I think that's such an important skill. Today's world is so stressful and there's so much that happens around us that be able to center ourselves is an important skill for ourselves and for our relationships and really for everything that we're doing. And the moment we realize that whatever uh, is taking us away from our joy is actually those blockages. It's, you know, being angry or being a victim or being uh, whatever negative uh, it is that what really defer us from joy so that's why i'm saying recognizing that and and diffusing the anger is number one because sometimes we can get angry at anything anyone anybody just by the story we make out of it in our head but we are in control of that we are in control of that as much as we are in control of being in a joy, happy, euphoric moment, we can also be in control of bringing ourselves into misery and be miserable in a miserable relationship. Whoever will complain to me that they are in a miserable relationship because of someone else, I will always work with that person to bring her back to herself, to her joy, because when she's responsible for her own joy, She's going to start experiencing healthier and happier relationship. Amen. Amen. Uh, okay, so Liad, how can people reach you? Because I know you do work on Zoom also. Right, so um, uh, my website is Euphoria State of Mind. And uh, I'm all over the social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I have the website under Liat Burko. My website is Euphoria State of Mind. I can, uh, if you don't mind, I'll send you a link that you can share with everyone and you have all my channels there. I'm starting uh, a course coming up in July 18 and it's called Self Love Consciousness. And whatever we spoke about here is gonna be coming into practice in a much more expensive way and uh, it's once a week for six weeks and it's beautiful work and i actually created a, a, a promo code for your people Thank and you, the code, yes the code is midlife <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll share with everybody yeah and it's gonna give them 20 percent off which is uh it's a big discount and um you know it's open for men and women because uh it's very spiritual and i'm about really teaching men and women to take responsibility and understanding how much they are important in a relationship just by improving themselves so the more the merrier uh, I have my own, uh, yeah, you're welcome to join us. Uh, I have my uh, own podcast and my YouTube channel, and I have a lot of classes for free there. So you're much, uh, you're welcome to explore them all. 
and uh and i have a whatsapp group as well so if you you know if you want to share my phone they can reach out to me and i and i also do that in the show notes amazing i also do private sessions and i do couple sessions where i i call them a rendezvous where the i i teach a couple how to connect to themselves and then connect to you know that will be maybe for a different time but to in a way of triangle when it's you your partner and Hashem that is involved in the picture and the more we work in a triangle point of uh, way the higher we evolve into consciousness of love oh, wow that sounds amazing part two part two <laughs> yeah thank more you to come. together for coffee iced coffee sounds good Devora. thank right. you so much for having me and thank keep you. on doing your wonderful job, work thank you Leah Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me in another fascinating conversation about midlife. If you'd like to reach me, Devorah Krasniansky, to talk about your midlife or anything else, you can reach me at jewishmidlife at gmail.com. You can also find us on our website, jewishmidlife.com, and follow us on Jewish Midlife on Instagram or Facebook, and join our conversations in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Jewish Women Talk About Midlife. And share what we're doing with your friends and others in the midlife phase.